The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Lots of your stories coming in. Some of those challenging ones about um, the situation that you're facing right now. This one says, Jay, I'm 62. I'll be 63 in July. I have a job, but only get a few hours, maybe 40 in two weeks. I don't make enough to live very good, and I make too much to get help from agencies, so I just plug along and try to live on about $1,000 a month. Some months I don't make that much. Can't afford good food. Fruit and vegetables are very expensive. Everything is expensive to me. Some of your questions, you know, uh, are we helping our hurting when we give money to the homeless i usually will buy them a meal your thoughts i think you were looking to ask jackie that one sorry was i missed the text line on that one oftentimes they're saying you know give give your money to organizations that help the homeless that's a good way to do it but hey if you're willing to buy someone some food i would never say uh that that's a bad idea we've done that uh, ourselves so um yeah thank you for being kind on that one topher says doing nothing is far more expensive doing nothing at all is for far more expensive so again december 4th next week we'll find out more details about the bridge housing and if this might be a possibility <clears throat> to get some of those um those folks Folks off the streets. Uh, going to switch gears uh, a bit here and uh, and talk about this. It's kind of cool. Um, it was an interesting conversation because I think we all have. I don't know. Is it preconceived notions? Maybe some ideas in our head when I say the word teen pregnancy, teen pregnancies, teen parents. What do you think? I would suggest there tends to be some stigma, some preconceived notions about the parents and their children. Well, a University of Alberta researcher has received the MyTax Award for Outstanding Innovation Indigenous for her work on creating housing supports for vulnerable youth. And, and that work is helping to dispel some of those, those stigmas, some of those narratives about teen parents. Melissa Trombley joins us now. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Well, first off, congratulations on the award. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty exciting. So you're an education uh, psychology prof at the U of A. Why did you want to focus on teen parents for your PhD research? Um, well, we were invited to become involved with, uh, it's now called the Successful Families Program, um, because they were delivering services to teen parents without necessarily understanding the impacts of the services that they were delivering. So then our research team was invited to come on board to help evaluate the impacts of the program. Okay, so this is Successful Families Program um, and combined with the Terrace Centre. Now I know uh, a bit about what the Terrace Centre does, but for those folks who don't know about those two organizations and that program, tell us about it. Yeah, so the Successful Families Program is a partnership between the Terrace Centre for Teen Parents, which is a nonprofit organization that has been serving teen parent families in Edmonton for over 45 years now. They offer a range of supports to help them succeed. And uh, the second organization who the partnership is with is Brentwood Community Development Group. So they're another not-for-profit organization in the Edmonton area with the goal of providing affordable housing for Edmonton families. And the two organizations partnered to offer subsidized housing to teen parents in combination with supports and services to help teen parents maintain their tenancies, 
um, educate them about child development and parenting and essentially help them move forward with their goals. So this program uh, in which the the teen parents, they live in in, in a townhouse complex, they live aside uh, alongside other other renters, they're given supports um, in areas that might be unfamiliar to them like uh, career guidance and and what it takes to be maybe a good tenant because we all start somewhere, right? Why is this housing model important? This housing model is really important, um, critically important, actually, because teen parents, um, as you had alluded to, face some stigma and stereotypes that uh, become an issue when they seek housing. So they may be able to um, be housed, but in kind of precarious circumstances. Mm. So uh, not the safest places if they are affordable. Uh, or they're kind of out of their price range if they are safe and secure places to live. So combining these notions of safe and secure housing with affordability is something that a lot of teen parents don't have the ability to access without a program like this. Yeah, we, we were just talking about safe, affordable housing in our last uh, segment as well, Melissa. And again, it's it's important uh, for for every human being, I yes. believe, to have you know safe, affordable housing. Unfortunately, we do have a shortage of it in this city. When you have a child uh, that comes into play as well, you have teen mm-hmm. parents, you have a baby, it becomes even more critically important, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. We know that the first few years of life are the most critical in um, securing long-term outcomes for children. So teen parents, when their children are within the first few years of life, are navigating their own developmental changes. So combine that with trying to find a safe place to live and um it can be really difficult. So they need those extra support. One of the things I found really interesting in this study that you did, and you did it over four years, this wasn't, you know, a couple of months hanging out with a couple of uh, teenagers. It was Mm -hmm. was a pretty in-depth process over a a number of years. When you talk about some of those stigmas that teen parents face, um, there's a lot of them. (laughs) There's a lot of them, aren't there, (laughs) Melissa? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what would you say is the biggest? Uh, probably that they are unable to care for their children as competently as older parents. Uh, so some of the parents that we engaged with in our study talked about how even from the day that their child was born, you know, in the hospital, they were not congratulated at all by... Um, Anybody? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's a huge difference between a young parent and an older parent. And I think part of that is because, uh, as you mentioned, we have certain preconceived notions and we don't necessarily think that having a child when you're at a very young age is something to be celebrated. Well, I would suspect that a lot of people might might believe it's more of a burden than, than something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think something that we really learned from these parents and that they want to communicate to a wider audience is that uh, an unplanned pregnancy doesn't necessarily mean an unwanted pregnancy. So just because they didn't plan to have a child at a young age doesn't mean that they're not able to adjust their life circumstances to accommodate that and to raise their children in a healthy way, especially when they have support 
surrounding them. I, I think there's some preconceived notions as well uh, about um, about a child who is born to a, a teenage uh, parent that might not be raised as well as an adult parent. Did you hear that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of teen parents uh, talked about how there were maybe red flags raised about their children's development that were not necessarily a cause for concern and maybe wouldn't have been flagged for an older parent. And Mm -hmm. so that was, you know, having to deal with that constantly was also a challenge for them. Well, that's got to be an added pressure. I mean, there's there's so many pressures there to begin with. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I, I also found interesting, and it was was this one. I think we suspect again a preconceived notion that um, that teens struggle, mm-hmm. that teens struggle, that teen parents struggle, and of course I think all parents struggle when they have newborns. Let's be real. Um, you're mm-hmm. you're you're caring, and and you you you're you're caring for uh, a, cr- a creature, a baby who um, you're, you're trying to figure out. There's a struggle no matter if you're a teenager or if you're 30 years old. But I, yes. I, I would suspect that more people would say that as a teenager that it's more of a struggle maybe because you're not, you know, whatever ready is. You're not mm-hmm. ready for it or it wasn't planned. Did you mm-hmm. hear that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think we can sort of um, combat that idea by, as you said, uh, bringing up that all parents actually have their struggles. And I mean, I had my first child when I was almost 30 years old and I still didn't feel ready. So <laughs> I don't know if we're ever really ready, but um, something that we also have to consider is that although all parents have their struggles, all parents also have their strengths. So as a young parent, they have certain strengths that maybe older parents don't as well. So there's that to think about. Teen parents that have um, programs in place and have supports in place, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's programs um, like the ones that we, we were talking about, uh, you know, offered through these through places like the Terror Center, do they do better? Um, do they do do they do better than those who don't? Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that we really set out a question that we set out to answer. Uh, through our research and evaluation. I don't know that we can confirm absolutely that uh, all teen parents who access support do better than those who don't, but certainly qualitatively, uh, we were able to demonstrate that these teen parents, um, their experiences were that accessing programs like this made a world of difference to them and Mm -hmm. they may have been in much more precarious circumstances had they not had access to these supports. How can, how can we as, um, as humans uh, do better when, um, when we have someone in our life who is, who has had a, you know, a a pregnancy at a, at a young age, maybe it's, maybe it's unplanned, maybe it was an accident. What can we do to better support them? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, Empathy probably goes a long way in, um, as you put it, being better humans to to Uh young parents around us. And uh, when we see a young parent struggling to uh, recognizing that maybe it's because of circumstances beyond their control, maybe they're just having a bad day, uh, but they could always use 
a helping hand, mm-hmm. um, not just because they're young, but because we could all use that as parents. So, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting to think you know there there was a there was a time that you know having children when you were sixteen or mm-hmm. seventeen years of age was kind of the norm. Exactly. And I'm not trying yeah. to normalize this at all, but I'm just saying, you know, you know, and I, I get times change and and all mm-hmm. of that, but um, being pretty judgmental about things, um, w- we need to pack that away. Absolutely, yeah, because it doesn't make things any easier no. on on parents receiving that judgment. Melissa Tremblay joining me this afternoon. Melissa, what was the biggest thing that you learned from these parents, from these teen parents? the biggest thing I learned was how much I didn't know I didn't know about teen parents yeah. <laughs> uh, because even like as a what? really well like what well uh, just how much they had knowledge they had and how many strengths they had in terms of their parenting so uh, when I first became involved with the program I wasn't a parent yet myself and I mm. became pregnant when uh, I was doing the research with them, and they had so much to teach me. <laughs> um, well, so they have a wealth of knowledge. Involved. Well, if we uh, if we open our eyes and open our ears, we can learn from uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different places. What do you hope uh, in the end? Before I let you go here, Melissa, that uh, that this research does. What comes out of it? And how is how it's used in the future? Well, I hope it does help to dispel some of the stigmas and and lessen the judgment that some teen parents face and um, also to garner some support for programs like this that mm. are, are making a, a huge difference in a lot of teen parents' lives. Melissa Tremblay joining me this afternoon, the winner of the inaugural MyTax Award for Outstanding Innovation Indigenous. Um, uh, she's also a member of the Métis Nation of Northern Alberta, University of Alberta researcher. Melissa, thanks for this. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Melissa Trombley, joining us this afternoon. And, you know, she pointed out a lot of things. I mean, think about it. I do believe that we, as humans, when we we think about teen pregnancy... um, that we we have these ideas in our mind, like oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. How you know how bad is this? How are they going to do it? You know what about the baby? They're not you know, all all of these sorts of things. And and, and I'm not I'm not here in any capacity to say oh no, it's all sunshine and lollipops because let's be real, it's not. But um, I I I, th- I I think when you looked at those preconceived notions, those preconceived ideas. Uh, uh, about it, I think this research shedding some light on on maybe the other side of it. It is uh, it's an interesting read, and it's important for us, I think, to check some of our biases at the door. Uh, well, when it comes to a lot of things, but certainly when it comes to to this topic as well. So that conversation with, <coughs> excuse me, Melissa. Um, well, I was thinking about it uh, last night, uh, knew that I was going to have this conversation with her and started just thinking about kids, started thinking about having children. I started thinking about big families and about knowing how many kids that you wanted. And as you know, I, I have not had children of my own. I got my, I got my boys when they were 15 and 18 through marriage. Um, but I knew pretty much from a, a very young age that um, I didn't want to have uh, children. And, you know, it was, uh, it was 
I, I want to say it was a difficult decision. It wasn't necessarily a difficult decision because I knew all along that that wasn't for me. I ended up with children in a different way, and I love every minute of it. Um, but I started to look at some of the numbers when it when it comes to families and birth rates and that sort of stuff in this country. Because over the past 150 years, Canada has really, really switched from a a high fertility society to a low fertility society. So a time when, you know, you know, women, families had lots of kids for numerous different reasons. Obviously, uh, you lived a little more rurally. The, 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 the child mortality rate was, was higher, that sort of thing. So right now, um, the last numbers the, the the fertility rate is about 1.61 uh, children per women. Uh, that was up slightly from the record low of 1.51 about 10 years ago. And in Canada, we know it's been been following following over the past number of decades. 1971 was the last year when the average number of children matched the 2.1 uh, replacement level for the for population to renew itself without being uh, bolstered by immigration. Um, we know that. In the 60s, you know, first child usually happened in the early 20s. Now it's around 30. But it got me. I started thinking about big families and how rare they are now. One of my guests last week, um, Bernie Travis, she was on. They had five kids and then adopted three more. They had eight kids. And, and I love the idea of big families. Um, I remember talking with Carol Ann Devaney over at Global Edmonton, you know, having three kids. I think three kids for a lot of people now, that's a big family. I met a family through my ex-husband. He worked with a fellow. They had 10 kids. 10 kids. And this was like in the two, like I met this family in 2000 when we moved here. They had 10 children. And, you know, from, from baby to 12 years old, it was just baby after baby after baby. And they were the best behaved kids I've ever seen in my life. Well, they were that night anyway. And I just started, you know, wondering uh, about you. Do you still, what are big families for you now? Do you come from a big family? Do you think, did you think about having a big family or maybe like one or two, that's it? Because I think about affordability. I think about maybe sending kids to, you know, to, to school, you know, trade school, college, graduation, university, whatever it is, the cost of raising kids. Is three a big family now? Is four obviously a big family now? Anyway, let me know at 780-496-0063. Would love to know about the family that you came from and my family, which is me and my brother. My dad was an only child. My mom is one of five. But uh, I thought we could have a little conversation about that over the next little bit. The 4 o'clock news headlines are up next.